I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is with repeat guest, Dr. Justin Dubin, who we used to, well, well we call before, we call him Dr. Doobie. Dr. Doobie. Yeah. He doesn't mind. No, he actually wrote me an email the other day, signed Dr. Doobie. Well, you were, you, when we were <laughs> prepping for this episode, you were like, it's with Dr. Doobie. I was like, Whoa. who's that? Yeah. I was like, is that who I think it is? Yeah, it is. He's awesome. Yeah. So on the last episode that we did with him on, uh, well, what was, you know, Titled ED or erectile dysfunction, but more ejaculatory control, erectile control issues, etc. Um, he had mentioned at the end of it, he's like, I'd love to do an episode on vasectomies. And we were like, fuck yes, let's do that for various reasons. Uh, we're very excited about doing this episode with him. And you will find out in the episode as to why. And you might be like, well, you have pussies. So why do you care about vasectomies? Well, guess what, y'all? We get pregnant. So, <laughs> And also, it ju- we have to use birth control for hooking up with penis-owning partners. Yeah. And that can fuck up your hormones. Listen to episode X, Y, and Z, because I don't know all the numbers, there's, but we've done a so shit many of them. Yeah. on why well, birth control is, is tough on the body. And I'm super excited to have a penis-owning individual, such as uh, Dr. Dubin, who I believe is someone who is a perfect person to be speaking to this on our show or in a lot of avenues. Does he have a vasectomy? I don't know. We'll find out. But Ooh. he has a penis and so he cares about this. So can that's we, helpful. Can we get that personal with it? Yeah, we can. It's oh, Dr. Right. Doobie. We can say whatever we want. We haven't recorded the episode yet. This is kind of fun when we do intros before we've recorded the... We uh, have no idea what we're yeah, about to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, He might be like, I don't feel comfortable saying that. We'll be like, you got to tell us. I doubt it. I we're doubt leaving it. our listeners hanging. So, well, okay, if you... <laughs> And if you do, like a droopy set of balls, <laughs> sorry, I had to do it. I'm fine with it. Anyways, um, so sack of peas. This is about why vasectomies are awesome. Uh, but before we do that, and there'll be inf- other information about that. So, um, okay, sex question: Are you ready? Wait, it's not about vasectomies. Wait, we have to say this though, because from our own experiences, not with vasectomies, but being partnered with two humans, both of our partners have had vasectomies by the way and and uh, they both have three kids and they both have three kids <laughs> really? well, maybe that's vasectomy but i know that my partner said it wasn't a big deal he's definitely not there's not a puff of smoke that comes out because that's what i thought when i started hooking it's up with a- him i was like what happens when you come oh i was like does it still feel i asked him a lot of questions so because- i have a feeling this is going to be in the episode oh, is it? but <laughs> yeah. anyway i just wanted to give yeah. a little precursor but good to know yeah. and yes wait for the episode because <laughs> we're probably like going to be saying the same yeah. thing <laughs> well just in case you're wondering it's not just a poof like she said so um we'll talk about that or is it dun, 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 dun. Dun. okay sex questions sorry to interrupt i just want to share that's fun all right anyways all right here we go my wife is getting her oh it's so perfect i didn't even think about this when i had this question on here ding, ding. My, my, my wife is getting her iud taken out so i was wondering which condoms you two prefer i remember you talking about this on one of your past episodes but, but i can't remember which one also if you had to choose a single sex toy for male and female pleasure what would they be and vasectomies are my answers for all, all three I of those questions mean for this to happen by the way this is that was a perfect accident oh. i swear i swear that was a perfect accident it. Um, yeah, that, I did not mean that. So it was meant to be. Uh, okay, so vasectomies is supposed to answer. The episode about condoms, my guess is number 120 with Remy, uh, Remy Paye, nurse practitioner on STIs and STDs, where we talked about different birth control methods or barrier methods, not just birth control, but as my guess, because we don't talk about condoms that often on here, like our preferences for them. I it, had to do a trial and error when I was using a lot of condoms my, myself when I was single. And I dating. remember that phase. That was a fun yes. phase. And so I would recommend trying lots of different ones to f- figure out which one you and your partner prefer really. Yeah. Um, Cause my favorite might not be the recommendation. Even when we worked back in the shop, when it was actually the brick and mortar at pure pleasure. Now it's purepleasureshop.com, Y'all mm-hmm. uh, that w- you said the same thing. You're like, 
rip open the condoms and feel them and, and put them on and see what you think. And there are, yeah, it's a lot different. So you could go into your local sex shop or. Yeah. Well, yeah, if you, cause if you go to sex positive sex shops, often they have like the bins where you buy yeah. like one of these and one of those and one of these and then try them out. Or sometimes you have to buy three packs or six packs or 12 packs. But I agree with April and size is a thing too. Uh, also allergies. If you have a latex allergy, then you definitely want to use a non-latex condom. Uh, polyisoprene and polyurethane are those options. Polyisoprene, I think, is a better option in my opinion because it works better with most things like like lubes, right? Like silicone lube works fine with latex and polyisoprene, but not polyurethane. Um, so confusing. Super confusing. Actually, yeah. But even in so in the condom world, size does matter, right? Like if you have a big head and that on your cock, you probably want a little more headroom on your condom. Um, so and then there's even like more more snugger fit condoms. So, so and there's no hierarchy of condoms. It's just what works for you, feels more comfortable. And then pro tip on the condom, if it feels uncomfortable, add a little more lube to the inside hopefully it's lubricated but they only put a little bit of lubrication on them if they come pre-lubricated that's actually really good advice i would do that often i would use but i use latex but i would use or two drops yes yeah and because they have the pump top so it's really easy to dose out yeah so you put the dose out the little little pump top right into the the tip before you put it on the cock Mm -hmm. um then put more on the outside have a good time uh and and, or you know i've had people use ones that have warming sensation uh just make sure you test it out beforehand to make sure it doesn't um burn your body because they're all so different um so yeah you would want to figure out the right size like april said try them out um one thing that i were brand that i've liked in the past or i've had partners like is lifestyles skin as s k y n right i think mm-hmm. um yes. and it's a non-latex polyisoprene condom but they didn't have latex allergies. They liked this condom because it felt more silky and they have in larger sizes, um, all kinds of sizes. Um, they have it in textures, which I've never been a fan of textures. But uh, And I have to say, as someone who has used condoms in the past, I haven't used a lot of condoms in the past. Um, a lot of the sex that I have had has involved me being on birth control, which is not preferable for my body uh, and requiring partners to get tested before to make sure that our SDI status is um, aligned in the way that I want it to be. But um, so I say that with just that's this is our, our knowledge here, but it's not our like perfect area of expertise. And then. This person's asking a sex question toys. about a, a single sex toy. I'm interpreting it, interpreting it as for both male and female pleasure at the same time. How about you do that one and I'll do the other way? Okay. Because that's, <laughs> I, that, well, I was sitting here listening to you while thinking about this. It wasn't very active listening. She wasn't listening to me. So I never would listen. say, <laughs> I never do it. I would say a, a vibrating cock ring, the Atom Plus would be a good recommendation. Atom. The Atom, yes, it's A-T-O-M Plus. Hot Octopus makes it. It's incredible. I actually helped design it because I've had so many vibrating cock rings over the years, collected them pretty much, and none of them thought about vulvas. And this one goes around the shaft and the balls, and you put it on when the cock is totally flaccid. And then once you get it on, it actually helps constrict blood flow, which can help with longevity. And the vulva owner on the, the external portion of the vulva, you'll get to grind on it. And you not only get the sensation of the vibration of the penis or the dildo, but in this case, penis that you're banging it out with but you also will be able to feel the intensity of the grinding and that's sometimes external so you're getting internal and external with just uh, a vibrating cock ring so that would be my recommendation yeah it's an awesome awesome toy and also when you have two motors when you move around positions you have the motors kind of move with you which is which is really really cool to experience okay so that's if they were it was one combined toy okay so if we were separating the toys for a penis owner to use and a vulva owner to use if it's a vulva owner to use I'm hands down going to go with the air pulse technology but april would disagree with that but i love uh, the vibrators or stimulators uh designed by satisfier or womanizer um, and they add this suctioning sensation but it's very light so it also vibrates at the same time and i and as someone who likes power like april usually likes a magic wand or something that's really powerful which i also like too uh, i like that this adds power and has a suctioning sensation that's not overstimulating and I can have orgasm after orgasm after orgasm that's just me and for a toy for penises I would go with the hot octopus uh, solo essential uh, and because you can hang out hard or soft and that thing's gonna massage your cock into a good time it's, it's awesome yeah it's just hanging out there and you're just like getting a massage you on. don't even have to stroke with it no you can I can take you a don't. nap yes. but I don't have a cock so. and pure pleasure has all of these products 
All these products, you can go to purepleasureshop.com, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX to get 15% off. Um, the gimme name Satisfier, Womanizer, the Magic Wand, uh, Hot Octopus, uh, Solo Essential, the Hot Octopus Atom Plus, and Lifestyle Skin Condoms. Bam! All in a basket. Bam! All right, you ready for the bio? <laughs> yeah. All right. Dr. Justin Dubin is a specialist with a focus on urology and male infertility. Dr. Dubin is passionate about men's health and education with the goal of improving both the lives of penis owners and their partners. He has been published in multiple articles and quoted in the New York Times, Insider, and Men's Health. And he is the co-host of the Men's Health podcast, Man Up, a doctor's guide to men's health. To learn more, check out the links in the show notes or visit themanuppod.com. I feel like I want to slap an ass like I'm in the locker Room, like the man up slaps some ass in the locker room like another man's ass yeah that's cool. but i if, yeah anyway that's just as long it. as it's consensual absolutely awesome here we go <laughs> all right everyone it is interview time and as you heard in the intro that we recorded earlier today uh before doing this podcast so we recorded it as it well, actually no we were honest we're like we don't really know what we're talking about other than the second <laughs> uh, with awesome repeat guest, Dr. Justin Dubin, who we call Dr. Doobie, 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 um, whatever we might say in this show. Uh, Dr. Justin Dubin is awesome. And we are super excited to have this episode on vasectomies. Uh, so even though you've been on our show, Dr. Doobie, uh, may you please, can you please share with our listeners how you got to where you are in the field of sexuality? Of course. First off, thanks for having me on. You know, you guys rock. I had such a good time uh, the first time. So let's do it again. So a little bit about me. I grew up in North Jersey, went to undergrad at Johns Hopkins. I, I thought I wanted to go into medicine. I did a major in biology at the time. And after I graduated college, I realized I was like, I want to go to med school, but I don't want to go from studying hard to like studying much harder right away. So I decided to work for a little bit. I, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. I ended up applying for several jobs. I got a job as a clinical research coordinator in urology, had no idea what urology was. Um, I took the job at Cornell, met a lot of people, um, and I really fell in love with the field of urology. I ended up going back to Rutgers, Robert Wood Johnson in New Jersey for medical school. Um, and then from there, I really confirmed that I wanted to do urology. I did my residency at University of Miami. Um, and there, uh, one of my mentors, Ranjit Ramasamy, who's done a lot of great research in men's health, you know, sexual medicine, infertility. Um, uh, I did a lot of work with him and I really felt like that was my calling. I Last time we, were, we spoke, I was still a fellow at Northwestern uh, in male infertility, sexual medicine. And uh, now I am actually a men's health specialist. I focus in sexual medicine and male infertility at uh, Memorial Healthcare System down in South Florida and uh, helping men uh, with their issues and their partners hopefully as well, you know, with, with their sexual health issues. And what I really love about sexual medicine is really that, you know, we're focusing on improving the quality of people's lives. A lot of medicine, when we think about medicine is, you know, don't do this so you don't die. <laughs> you know, we want to make you live longer or we're doing some kind of procedure to prevent you from dying. And, you know, we sometimes lose track of what a life worth living really incorporates, right? You know, if I lived another 20 years, but, you know, and I value sex and my partner values sex, you know, we need to make sure that we're restoring that part of their lives, right? Because if you're living an extra 10 years, but you're not living a, a good 10 years, you know, a lot of people may not be happy with that. So I really love this idea that we can focus on improving the quality of people's lives and really their, their partner's lives. And I think another thing that's important about sexual health is that sexual health health is health. And you guys have had a lot of people on and you guys understand more than most that, you know, if there's issues going on sexually, whether it's, a, you know, with, with a partner, with yourself, um, there's a lot of potential health implications here, you know, uh, you know for erections specifically for penis owners, uh, you know, things can be compromised, but can, can cause problems, diabetes, heart disease, you know, low testosterone, but then there's other things, depression, anxiety, relationship issues. So there's so many levels to, uh, you know, 
helping people. And it's really fun to kind of incorporate all of that um, and, and use sex and sexual health to help guide people um, almost for many as a starting point to improve other aspects of their lives. So yeah, thanks for having me on. Mic mm-hmm. drop, Dr. Dubin, the victor of vasectomies, everyone. <laughs> and it is time to talk about vasectomies, Dr. Justin Dubin. So let's talk about vasectomies as a whole. Let's start with how they actually work. And is the procedure and healing, because a lot of people have questions about that. Is this process super painful? Are they going to shoot out a puff of smoke after they (laughs) orgasm after having an ejaculation after a vasectomy? Please tell us. So first off, You talk to any urologist, we love vasectomies. Vasectomies are a wonderful procedure. They are a great means of voluntary permanent contraception in men. And basically, it's a relatively low-risk, quick, you know, harmless, usually covered by insurance procedure um, that we get to do. And how it works is basically what we're doing is we are cutting the tube, the vas deferens that connects your testicles to the outside world. And I like to think about the vas deferens really as a highway um, that sperm act as the cars, travel from your testicle, and they go to the outside world. And what we're doing is we're basically doing a procedure. We're making an incision either in your scrotum, one or two incisions, depending on, you know, surgeon's preference. And we're snipping that vas deferens, one on each side. You got two testicles. If you have one testicle, we only snip one. But, um, and basically what we're doing is There's several techniques we can do, but we pull out the vas. You can either be sleeping or you can do it in clinic. Most of it is done in clinic, but if you're worried and you want to be more comfortable, you can be uh, under anesthesia. Um, But basically what we're doing is we're cutting that tube. We're sometimes tying it or clipping it on each end. We're burning each end, and sometimes we bury one end because what we want is we really don't want them to ever see each other again, right? That's not, we, that sounds painful, though, Doctor Doobie. <laughs> sounds like a witchy ritual. Yeah, we're I'm gonna like, burn whoa, it, whoa, and bury whoa. It. we're gonna bury it, burn it, and cut it. Okay, so we're trying it's to make it so they don't point. find each other. Yeah, yeah. It's a fair <laughs> point. It's a fair point. So if you're awake during the procedure we give you local anesthesia. And I would say probably that's maybe the most painful part of the procedure, right? You know, it's it's just, you know, like getting a, a shot in your arm, right? It's a needle where there's another machine called a Matajet that some people use, and we're numbing up that area. And then once that's done, you know, you really don't feel anything. Your vast deference really is not something that has sensation much like your skin. And so once we kind of get through to the skin and numb that area up, you're in good shape. I mean, we do not numb the vas up and it's pretty, pretty quick. Um, and you know, you're going home the same day, no matter what. Uh, and for the most part, you know, I'm not sending guys home with pain medicine. You, you have local anesthesia. That's going to last for a couple of hours. I tell my patients to take Tylenol, Tylenol. That's it. Just mm-hmm. Tylenol, just to give you an idea of how little pain you should be in. You're going to be in discomfort, obviously. And for the next 48 hours, you're icing your balls. You know, you're sitting down on and off, icing your balls, um, and, and you're kind of chilling. And, you know, it's a very common procedure just to reinforce all of these concerns, right? So about 500,000 men a year or penis owners um, actually do this, elect to have it. In the and, U.S. or um, global? In the or? U.S. Okay. In the U.S. In uh-huh. the U.S. And um, the most popular times to do this, um, a lot of people think March Madness. It's actually true. March Madness is <laughs> basketball. Um, so oh there is a study that showed like March and sprung. December. Oh my yeah, gosh. March and December are the most common times to do this. March, because everyone wants to watch basketball. So they all, all their boys get together. They get the vasectomies. They're hanging out on their couch and they're having a good time. And then December, because a lot of times with the holidays, you have some extra days off. The end of the year also marks, you know, some uh, insurance you've gone through, you, you know, a lot of a lot of your pay, your copays and everything already so you also have this opportunity to get this at cost because the insurance covers i just thought about all the the people that i know the women that birth children that you, what your recovery of your description of the recovery it's like a couple of tylenol and a bag of peas and march madness <laughs> like, and all of them are like go fuck yourselves <laughs> when they're like i had an episiotomy and had my stuff stitched up so it's hey, true word uh, but there's no shaming here because that should be a happy piece of news for anyone that owns a penis. Anyone that owns a penis is like, hmm, I didn't think vasectomy was so easy. No, yeah. it's 
It's great. It's really easy. And I mean, just to reinforce, you know, some people worry about, okay, what after the, the two days? I want to return back to activities. Usually we say, you know, a week after, a week, you know, from the day of the surgery to a week after, no strenuous activity, no heavy lifting, heavy, heavier than like 15 pounds, no exercise, and no sex for the first week. After that, go to town. You're enjoying yourself. You are full go, full exercise, full sex. However, you are not yet sterile. So that just because you had a vasectomy doesn't mean you're actually done. Um, so and that's probably the most important thing I can stress right now is really because after the surgery, if you think about it, how I describe the vas deferens as a highway, and you think about cars being the sperm in that highway, when I cut it, or if you, you think about traffic jam in a highway and there's an accident, there's still cars on both ends. So you really need to give it time to clear your body time to either clear out the rest of those sperm or let the sperm die. Mm. Um, so there is a time right after where you still need to use condoms. You still need to use oral, you know, any form of contraceptive. And usually what we say is two to three months for, for contraception or 20 to 25 ejaculations, whichever one comes first. Sometimes it's like one day, just over and over. <laughs> so that could be a goal oh. for anyone that got a vasectomy. Depends. I got to come 25 times on my own. I'm ready. I'm shooting yeah. blanks after that. Well, so you're oh clearing them out. You Interesting. Have, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you have guys literally call them. They're like, all right, like a week, like as soon as like that week hits, they count, man, they count. And then they're, they're trying to break a record, you know, to see who could get there first. Um, but once you get to that mark, you're not technically done. We want to confirm that you have no sperm in your ejaculate. So we ask you to do something called a post vasectomy semen analysis. And basically we ask you to go provide a sample. There's many ways you can go to a lab. There's online, you know, things that you can do. And as once you have zero sperm in your ejaculate or less than a hundred thousand immotile sperm, you are good to go and you're sterile and you don't have to worry about babies anymore. So I'm going to, I'm going to swap these because we are, we have some questions here and I'm going to go yeah, below go, already just on it. air. So, so cause it. you're already kind of talking a little bit about like success rate. So I'm going to lean into that one right now yeah. and then April yeah, will move with this other direction. So my partner, so April and I are both are partners with vasectomies. Uh, and my, I think, and they both have three children and they're not from us. kids. <laughs> and, uh, so we won't tell a lot about their personal lives, just, just that. And it's awesome because we don't have to their worry. Social security numbers. Their address is, uh, but my partner said he never went in to do this test to go right. double check the, the sperms, but we're talking, I don't know. I think we're at like 12 years later. I think we're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think you're probably rates? good. I think right. so leaning I, into the success rate. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I think you're probably good. And here's something that you bring up a really good point. Um, one of the biggest problems we have is, you know, we see guys, they do, we get the vasectomy and some of them don't follow up and they don't get that semen analysis. Now I can't make you do anything, right? But you should know that if you really want to guarantee that it, it works, you should get one. Now, there's two things when we're talking about success rates. One is the success rate of the procedure itself, right? So the first time you get vasectomy, we wait those two, three months or the 20 to 25 ejaculations. What's the chances you're going to have zero sperm in your ejaculate? The chances are very, very high, over 99% chance. So, you know, this is a very, very high success rate procedure in making you sterile. Now, the second question really is, once I get a vasectomy and I'm confirmed to be sterile and have no sperm in my ejaculate, what are the chances of having a pregnancy, right? Now, it's very, 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 very low. One in 2000, to be exact. And I think it's kind of hard for me. I, I couldn't really conceptualize that number. So I did like research when I was talking with my patients. And, you know, most people who use contraception, uh, you know, they have a partner who's on like oral birth control. And the, the pregnancy rates that the CDC says for, you know, someone who is at doing their best to take oral birth control consistency is around 7%. So vasectomy is over 140 times more successful at preventing pregnancy than oral birth control mm -hmm. oral birth control Wait, so it's so very, is that very one successful. person that it would take one person 2000 times to perhaps 
not be effective or is it like one in 2000 people? I would say it's a one in 2000 chance every time they have sex. Okay. Oh, that's good. So what were you saying for, for birth control then? It's, it's about it. 0. 0.07. I don't know. The, it's like for one in 2000, it's like, I mean, it's seven out of a hundred versus one in 2000. Okay. And it's a yeah. hundred and four. I, I can, I'm not a math guy. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, all right, how many times more is that? It's like 140 times more effective. For, for using birth control though. For, so you're saying that's more risky. No, yeah. No, no, oral, no. Oral contraceptive. Correct. Right. Exactly. The yes, second yes, is 140 yes. times more I know effective so many people that have been pregnant with birth control. IUD over with, with, uh, the, the pills. So that makes sense. I just wanted it for my own brain kind of calculate right. it, like, uh, because 2000 times of orgasms or ejaculation is good odds. If you're doing it that much, God bless. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. but, I you're mean, probably you know, going to live a long to... life for you. <laughs> Healthy. So, okay. So in your expert opinion, Yes. This is one of my questions because we talked about this in the intro and you're a 34 year old doctor and you Correct. have not yet had a vasectomy. Not no. yet. Not yet. yet. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> uh, however, you said, hell yeah, I get one because we asked you in, in, before we started recording. Yes. So in terms of people that should consider getting vasectomies, so do you turn people down if they're too young? Like if they're 22 and they're like, yo, Dr. Doobie, I want a fucking vasectomy. I know. I don't want to get pregnant. My girl doesn't want to take birth control. Will you give me a vasectomy? Or are you like, whoa, dude, we got to go talk to like Judge Judy because she needs to rule on this decision. And if so, where do they get these procedures done? If, if you know, where, where is it? So My first parents? off, it's not... It it's a great question. And I, the, the first thing is vasectomy is a great procedure for any person or couple who does not want to have kids or does not want to have any more kids. And when whoever I counsel, I say, you have to go into this as it is a permanent procedure, right? It is, there's no turning back. You don't want kids 100%. And I reinforce that. If it's a 22-year-old guy and he comes in and he says, I don't want kids. I never want kids. My partner doesn't want kids. I'm going to say, let's do a vasectomy. I have no problem with that. You know, as long as you are 18 of legal age and you have the ability to make your own decisions, I will absolutely respect that. And we're, we'll have the conversation. And, um, and I think most urologists feel that way. It's not my place to pass judgment on someone for, for being 21. That's and for not Judge wanting Judy, to have a bro. Kid. That's for Judge <laughs> Judy. Correct. So, you know, I, and I think that I would assume most urologists would agree with that um, because, you know, you're old enough to make other decisions. I think you're old enough to make a decision whether you do or do not want to have a kid. And I'm here to help you make that decision and make that dream come true, really. So, um, but of course, I do always reinforce, I want you to go in thinking it is a permanent procedure and that you do not want kids. Uh, I, yeah, I really appreciate that perspective. And we'll probably dive into that a little more, like kind of elaborate on yeah. that. Uh, and I, I think it's really valuable. And then the part that you were saying before about the, you know, the recovery rates, like we would just put you on some ice. Um, I, so I had a surgery for my Bartholin's glands, which are mm -hmm. glands and that you, you probably know about this for yeah. folks who don't know, um, they're internal glands in, generally in vulva, vulva owners, most vulva owners would have them. Um, and they are responsible for like initial vaginal lubrication and mine would get blocked um, and be turned into a cyst and then on the occasion turned into, for you. Yeah. well then they turned to an abscess yeah. and so i i went in and actually had a procedure done I where, picked you up. Yeah, April Perry. I was, I was nice. high. Good I don't, I don't remember picking friend. me up i was real high and um because i was <laughs> under anesthesia only for like a half an hour uh, the procedure itself, they said, took 20 minutes, but they had to go in kind of inside my labia and stitch up these new pathways for this fluid to move out that wasn't moving right. out. I thought I was going to have to be jacked up on Vicodin after. I was like, I guess I'm going to be high for a week not walking. And they're like, the pr procedure went really well. All, you probably don't even need to take ibuprofen. And if you do, that's it. We're not giving you a prescription for anything. I was like, and did, here's you, did you get any Vicodin? <laughs> I don't even like Vicodin. I was like, oh, yeah, no, she no. hates it. I know. Yeah. And, <laughs> I was like, and, but they're like, sit, sit on a bag of peas. And seriously, like, if you look at your genitals, your, your labia might be black and blue because the procedure, like we're moving things and doing things. And literally, I, the next day I could go for a walk like a normal person. Um, and I know this is different from a vas deferens, but it gave me this perspective of, look, we can have some pretty what sounds intense surgeries on our genitals 
and they aren't as intense and crazy as they sound. With that said, I'm kind of doing a little bit of tangent, but I do know one person. That's a great point. I do know one person that has had a traumatic experience with a vasectomy that probably happened like over a decade ago. And this is not my partner, everyone. Um, It's in the alley. It was not. I don't know. I I think it's from their doctor. There's a stick of gum. Alley vasectomy? Uh, Yeah. No, I'm I'm totally fucking around, but sorry. Personally, it's not me this, but it it sounds like an infection happened. And now it's made it so that they don't want to go. There's this is a part of their body that's um, kind of limiting to them. Is this a common thing? Like, have you heard of this happening? So it's a it's a good question. Um, just to uh, reiterate what you said to start off, most guys after their vasectomy and they'll tell their boys this, they'll tell me this. Hey, you know, I thought that was going to be way worse. I was nervous and it was fine. And that's one thing that I think that a lot of guys actually um, expected to be worse than it is. And it's OK. But having said that, it is a procedure, like you said, and procedures inherently do potentially have risks for a vasectomy. You have things like bruising, like you mentioned for yourself, you had bruising. You can potentially one to 2% of patients may have a little bit of bleeding or a, or a little hematoma, which is a little blood collection. You know, um, there's a one to 2% chance of infection of the skin. There's a one, like a small percent chance of infection to the testicle. Um, very, very small, but it's not zero. There's also a 7% chance of something called a sperm granuloma, which is, a little ball that forms uh, uh, at the it vasectomy sounds so site. sweet, though. It's, it's a little cute but thing. No, it's it's completely nice. benign. It's not painful. But guys, you know, once you get a vasectomy, they are very aware of what's going Checking on down the there. And they're like, hey, I feel this little ball. It doesn't bother me. They, it's not cancer. It's nothing. It's just a little scarring at that vasectomy site. Um, um, and, you know, one to two percent can develop something called, you know, post-vasectomy pain syndrome. And that's kind of, you know, something where you have some chronic pain after the procedure. Very, very unlikely, um, very uncommon. But if that were to happen, and if any of these things were to happen, we do have interventions, whether it's antibiotics, medicines, and these things are all very, very treatable. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about those things at all. That's what I assumed for a lot of the April. I know a lot of people with vasectomies and this is only yeah. one case that I had heard about of all the other ones. Like I remember going like five or six years ago, going out to dinner with someone that had one like three days before and they're like, can't even tell, you know? So, yeah. um, so yeah. when I say this, I'm not trying to scare anyone. I, this is just, I want to, I was see also, transparent. do not accept a vasectomy from anyone in an alley. Any, okay. Yes, everyone just remember that. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. Don't, we'll, we'll talk about the coat hanger thing in a little bit, but yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So before we go there, I have a question for you. That's still related <laughs> yes. to the same thing, but yes. Are vasectomies bad for the body? Meaning, do they affect it in negative ways? Do they lower testosterone? Do they hurt erections? Do they change the semen load? Like April's like, it's like a, you know, what about cancerous? But do they cause it blue balls? Glitter? Does glitter shoot out? <laughs> oh man, if glitter shoot, shot out, I, I guarantee you people would get more of them probably of anything, I think. But um, actually, it's a really important question because this is one of the top questions guys come in and they ask. And the, the two things they really, or the three things they ask is, is it lowering my testosterone? Is it going to cause me erectile dysfunction? And is it going to affect my my you know my orgasm and my my volume load here? Did I say three different? Yeah, that's yeah. the right. That's the three. Uh, also, that was prostate cancer. Once again, I'm not a math guy. There's another one, prostate <laughs> cancer, which people ask about. So yeah. I was like, wait, that that's four. Yeah. The answer is quite simply. The vasectomy does not impact any of these things. The only thing a vasectomy does is it compromises your fertility. It makes you sterile. It does. There's no data supporting it. Lowers your testosterone. We once again, when I was talking about what the procedure does, we don't touch your testicles. We don't touch your penis. We are just touching this tube. It does not cause any issues with erectile dysfunction. It does not impact your orgasms. It doesn't even change really the volume of your load. Why? Because sperm is only a about five to 10% of your semen volume. There, a lot of it comes from your seminal vesicles, your prostate. As long as you have those things intact, you're going to get pretty much the same volume of, of your semen that you, you did previously. So, you know, nothing to worry about there. No risk of prostate cancer, no risk of heart disease, dementia, testicular cancer, none of these things. There's no data supporting it. The blue balls. 
absolutely does not cause blue balls, nope. but it also <laughs> does not prevent you from getting blue balls. Too, no, right? what's what's happening? Yes. Oh, we actually did right. on our, yes. our we last talk, cast, yes. right? There was we one did. of the things. So you're we like, blue balls is a real thing. We're like, we, we still, we still, yeah, we know it's real. We still don't care that much, but yeah, <laughs> right, it's fine. Right, right. Exactly. You know, if you're going to get blue balls, you're a vasectomy, you know, vasectomy, you're going to get blue balls, not going to do anything, not going to change anything. People do wonder, they're like, all right, you got the vasectomy. What happens with the sperm? Because they think that's how they think blue balls would work. And honestly, your sense. sperm, it, it's the same thing that happens when you don't ejaculate for long periods of time. The sperm sits in your balls. They have a certain lifespan. They die, and then they're absorbed by your body. And it's the beautiful life cycle of sperm that more is created. It's the circle of life. So it's not going to be causing any blue balls. So don't worry about it. So your balls are not going to fill up with sperm and explode. No, if okay. they got bigger, I guarantee you once again, they probably people would sign up for <laughs> like, a vasectomy more. Yeah. <laughs> I want glitter exactly. and I want bigger balls. I, I know. It's I mean, come on. Yeah. No, the body's a pretty amazing thing. And there's really nothing that's gonna come out of a vasectomy other than you having no sperm in your ejaculate. Also, I just want to attest to someone that is um and and both Amy and I have been partnered with people that have had vasectomies for years and the semen doesn't taste differently than I think that you would expect. It also, the consistency is the same. Um, it's still, it has like its viscosity. It still has its, that color, the, everything is, 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 is pretty much as I would assume it would have been before the vasectomy had occurred. Now I wasn't with those people while well, I was never been with your dude, but I was not with my man, uh, before the vasectomies, but I assume, and from what he says, it hasn't changed. And, um, the orgasms are still strong and they're still, uh, just as intense as they were before. And, um, that is something I just want to test to from a partnership standpoint. So agreed. the other piece that I want an actual question. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Like I said, the fructose comes from the seminal vesicles, like the prostate, all this stuff. So the taste is going to be the same. The product is going to be the same. The only thing the testicles really contribute is the sperm. So nothing is going to change. You're hundred percent right. Sorry. Yeah. That's but I think that's what people get. I did. And as an educated human that I have a bachelor's of science, which I'm a very scientific, I'm not also my math skills. Sometimes it's questionable. However, I have a calculator now and, uh, <laughs> you know, Siri, thank you. Uh, so that being said though, I was like always wondering, because I don't own a penis, what a vasectomy would do to orgasm. And I think that is a fear that people live in. Even, even people that aren't penis owners that are partnering with other penis owners, they're like, well, I don't want my partner to get hurt or, or feel pain when, when he orgasms. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. So leaving all that, thank you for, for actually solidifying um, this and from, a, from the medical side and from the side of seeing your patients that have had successful vas vasectomies. But let's now talk about are vasectomies reversible? Because I think that we know this. However, I would love for you to share about the reversal process and what that looks like. And then what is the procedure and also healing? Like this 22-year-old dude, you're like, bro, yeah, you get the vasectomy. He comes back 10 years later. He's like, Dr. Doobie, man, I met this chick. She really wants right. to, you know, she wants it. I want to get her. I want to put a baby up in that. I love Can him. you reverse that? Way. So what's so the healing process? I think I saw this guy. Are you sure you weren't this patient? Like, you give my number? Ago? It's five. Five, 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 five. <laughs> and what are the success rates? Like, can my like my homie friend that's 22, not 32, can he have a baby? <laughs> so it's a, it's an important question. And and like I said, I always counsel patients that this is a permanent procedure. You have to go into it mentally. However, shit happens, right? Life happens, things happen. Whether you're that 22-year-old guy 10 years later finds a partner that he wants to have a kid with, or you know, you're a little bit older, you have a divorce and you find a new partner that you want to have a kid with. And and so, you know, it happens enough about 6% of uh, men who are penis owners uh, annually decide to change their mind and uh, who have a vasectomy. And so what do we do for these people? Well, there's really two options. And the two options are based off of a lot of factors, the, you know, the vulva owner's age, the desire of how many children they want. Um, but the two procedures are the vasectomy reversal, which is something where it will, where a urologist, a special urologist, like a male infertility doctor, andrologist like myself, what we do is we do a surgery under a microscope and we 
basically connect the vas back to the vas again um, on each side. And uh, the success rate is, is is pretty good. It's about 60 to 90 percent, wow. but it's still not guaranteed, right? There's no guarantees. And these things, it can take up to a year potentially for you to get sperm in your ejaculate. And, you know, if your partner is older and time is of the essence, maybe this isn't a great option for you. And so, you know, that's the one option. Uh, the second option is going and getting a sperm extraction. I, you go to a, a urologist like myself, you know, we do a procedure, we go to the testicle or the epididymis uh, to get sperm, and then we take it out and then we give it to the reproductive endocrinologists wow. and there you do IVF. So, mm -hmm. you know, the reversal, you would try to conceive naturally through intercourse. Um, and then the IVF, you have, I mean, the, the extraction you have to do through IVF. And it's really important that you understand that uh, people who are considering these options is these are most likely not covered by insurance, at least the male aspect. The vasectomy reversal is probably not covered by insurance. The sperm extraction is probably not covered by insurance. The IVF may, depends on your state, depends on you know what your job is. Um, so these things can cost money. And at the end of the day, there's really no guarantees for, 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 for having it, walking away with a kid. But we can do our best and we will do our best to make sure if that's your decision to provide you with the best option and, and you know, the most economical one based on a lot of factors for you to try and walk away with that kid. So you could just extract semen from the testicles of someone that has a vasectomy. That yes. Be, I mean, that, like I said, wow. it's there. So like if it's I met Drake and he had dead. a vasectomy, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, no, it's there. It's there. I, had so no, it's, I actually know it. You, uh, you blew my mind, and um, blue balls. I didn't know. No, <laughs> no, there's no blue balls in the in the blowing of the mind. Okay, thank you. That's amazing. You're so you're incredibly uh, gifted with how you relay information. Thank you, Doctor Duby. Oh, thank we're you. Not That's done very with nice. you yet, Dr. No, Duby. but I, but you're you're right. It is an important thing. But I, I, you know, once again, don't ever go into a vasectomy thinking that these are great options down the line because. They're going to be costly. There's no guarantees and they can take a lot of time uh, and a lot of stress, right? You know, if you're, if you have a partner and, you know, they have to go through IVF, IVF is not like a walk in a park yeah. for, for, you know, a Volvo owner. It's not, it's the bottom line. And is, we the, get the, easy part, is you that know? extraction yeah. part? Is that if they had a vasectomy and they're extracting and you're extracting the actual, the sperm, the mobile, the, the so ones there's with two the spots vessels. you can get it. Yeah. Is that, so is that painful and hard, like it hard? So or there's like two ways difficult? you can do it. You can do it in clinic. Um, you can do it in clinic and just numb up the scrotum and testicle and kind of just take a needle and extract from the testicle, or you can extract from the epididymis, which is that little sliver half crescent moon that's uh, connected to the testicle. And that's where basically sperm are created in the testicle and they mature and get their motility and their tail starts moving in the epididymis. So an idea like the, the success rate of fertilization is the same. The sperm is just as good from either spot, kind of depends on, you know, physician preference. You can do that in the clinic, which is maybe a little cheaper. And that's why some people sometimes do it that way. Um, but you can also do it in the OR if you're like, yeah, I don't want us to be awake when this needle is going inside me, which personally, I probably would prefer. I would I too. I'd be like, give me the drug. I usually do it in the OR. I usually do it in the OR. I'd be like, no. Time for a quick break to talk about our hands down favorite lube, who also happens to be a sponsor, Uberlube. Uberlube is luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances intimacy, and I actually want it all over my body, y'all. I'm not joking. It's long-lasting, and it leaves my skin feeling really velvety, almost silky, and has no flavor or scent. In April, I've heard you say this, great for oral sex. That's right. Mm -hmm. And they happen to have thousands of doctors and therapists in the U.S. alone recommending Uberlube to their patients for various reasons, including it feels amazing on the skin. It's highly body friendly. It's less likely to change the pH and that vitamin E leaves the skin feeling nice and moisturized. Uberlube is not just for sex. It's for massage. You can use it for your hair frizzies, for buffing up your tattoos, and it even prevents chafing. It comes in this gorgeous glass bottle that I love. So the aesthetics are beautiful. It has this easy pump top. You're going to love it. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it shamelessly on your nightstand. Just go to uberlube.com and use discount code SHAMELESS to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS for 10% off and free shipping. 
This podcast is also brought to you by omgs.com. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years now, and it's completely changed their lives, including that of my own. OMGS utilizes scientific research of real vulvas showing techniques to pleasure the pussy. And then they turn the research into tasteful, educational, short videos, animated modules, and infographics. And here's the thing. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Hey, vulva owners, want to transform your own orgasms from good to out of this world? Or vulva admirers, want to up your pussy pleasure skills? Well, you gotta check OMGS out now. OMGS studied more than 20,000 people of all ages from 18 to 95. There are three seasons, this is not a subscription service, and you don't need to download anything. There's external pleasure, internal pleasure, and a season all about sex toys. Your purchase helps fund more research, and it's an incredible gift. Go to omgs.com slash shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com slash shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. All right. So so moving on, I could go on with this maybe after we finish recording. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk more because I have so many questions and I love that you have the answers, but... What about Botox for the balls? Okay. We heard a rumor. This might be something to consider. Is this true? And do you think it would work or is it complete fucking bullshit? So we're talking about scrotox here, right? We're talking about scrotox (laughs) is is what we we call it. It's called scrotox. And um, so just to give like a little summary, (laughs) it is Botox of the balls. I'm surprised you guys never heard of this. We don't have balls. No. Yeah, you know, not yet, not yet. We will no, someday. Yeah, it's Come yeah. on, it's Scrotox. It's all, it's all the cool people are doing it, apparently. But uh, are they really? Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, know. Okay. No, no, we would kidding. know if all the cool people were doing it, Amy. <laughs> Come would, on, yeah, you would definitely. Hear. So oh, basically, just to, to give you guys an idea, so <laughs> Botox, as you guys know, is, is used a lot for face, for con- muscle contractures, migraines. There's so many new ways in which people are using Botox, and what Botox is is it's a neurotoxin that really impacts the neuromuscular junctions that leads to really muscle relaxation, or and, and you know. The scrotum has muscles too, right? The cream asterix, the dartos. And what you do is, you know, when your balls are, when you're cold and your balls retract, right? The famous, you know, I was in the pool sketch from Seinfeld. Shrinkage. Uh, shrinkage. <laughs> shrinkage, the penis and shrink, but the penis is different muscle. We're talking about the balls going up. And so um, some people actually have testicular pain from a very strong spasmed uh, muscle. And you can use the the Botox to inject it there to relax it and kind of treat it. Now, I've never done that, um, but it is an option. And the other thing you're talking about, though, is the real scrotox, which is, you know, um, because the it causes muscle relaxation, basically, when you inject it across the scrotum, it relaxes that muscle and makes it smoother, less wrinkly. And some people apparently like the cosmetic appearance oh God, of that's that. That's a real thing. What? It is a, something oh my that goodness. they do. So you can't even flex your Botox wrinkle, your, your scrotox they don't wrinkles want, so They your don't want wrinkle, wrinkly balls. They're trying to avoid they wrinkly balls. They don't want wrinkly okay. balls. But so, balls are just naturally kind of wrinkly a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, well, the point awesome. of the, the, the wrinkles have a purpose, right? Yeah. Because the your skin needs to contract and it needs to expand and your balls move. It's like one of those things that actually moves. And, and they, they also are very thin in that area because we need to regulate the temperature of the balls to keep them a little bit cooler than the ideal body temperature. That's why when it's really cold out, they go up inside when it's really hot, they drop down. And so you need that skin flexibility to kind of help out with that. I'm not saying it compromises fertility. And I think that's where we were going with it as a contraceptive. I have never heard of it being used as a contraceptive. I've heard of it used as, you know, obviously a cosmetic. I've never done it. Um, I don't really think I'm going to plan on doing it. Uh, I don't really know who does it, but I have heard of practices doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really makes no sense in terms of if you think you're going to get Botox in your balls or your scrotum to prevent you from having kids, it's it's not going to work. Don't, it's not going to freeze, freeze the swimmers with just like, er, 
You're not going in the balls. You're not yeah. going in the balls, right? You're, you're going, going into the, the skin, skin and the muscle around it. <laughs> so you're not even touching any of the stuff where the sperm's being made. And you really don't want to. I don't know what happens. Probably something bad is going to happen if you inject, you know, a neurotoxin into your testicle. But like, I think you know, save skin. yourself that money if you if anyone has um any insecurity about the wrinkles that are on your testicles, I'd say, you know what? Embrace those a little bit because that could be a sense yeah. that you're wise and that you have wonderful testicles and Botox your brain or your wrinkles on your face <laughs> if you really want to. Not literally okay. your brain though. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 don't go with that. <laughs> Amy and April's future Botox fun at 555. Five, 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 five. Botox, my body doesn't take it properly. <laughs> so I'm a fan of Botox. I have yeah. no problems with Botox. I think it's a great thing for a lot of people. There's so many uses. This is just one of them that it's out there. I don't really practice it, but um, I would, before you think about doing it, probably go talk to your local urologist and yeah. see what they think. Yeah. Before you freeze your balls, but you put your balls on ice. <laughs> so I wanted to just read a quote by Betty White, everyone. <laughs> Betty White says, why do people say grow some balls? Balls are weak and sensitive. If you really want to get tough, grow a vagina. Those things really know how to take a pounding. And <laughs> <laughs> I only bring that what? in. Rest in power, Rest Betty in power. White. Not because we're hating on balls. Uh, we're talking no. about scrow talks and all these funny things. <laughs> Um, because I'm going into a little bit of a heavier topic, just just to to touch in here because I think it is important. Yeah. So, so I recently listened to Gabrielle Blair's uh, work or, or her or her book, or she was talking about her book on another podcast. Um, uh, and it's actually a local podcaster. I'll send it to you, April. Um, but anyway, I like, already listened to it. Okay, good. So you already sent it. To I did too. I already great. sent it to like everyone. Yes. Okay, cool. So I was going to ask you, have you heard of her work? But so you already have listened, and it's about, it's called Ejaculate Responsibly: A Whole New Way to Think About Abortion. She's a mom of six yeah, and yeah, more like, a more a, a Mormon mom of yes. six. Yeah. So, so, so I'm curious because it's so in this uh, podcast and then I haven't actually read her book, but just listen to her on Guy Kawasaki's podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's talking about vasectomies being and it's from a vulva owning perspective, as like people said, a Mormon vulva owner who has a lot of kids being a penis owner's um, way of potentially supporting the current issues around vulva owners way of taking care of their fertility or being the sole proprietors of uh, fertility in general. What are your thoughts about that? I know it's like a little heavier dip. And no, it's an important in, question. We are in a time where there, there's like a threat here that is happening. And I, I know that I, I've um, felt that, especially someone who just said that I got pregnant on the IUD. By the way, in this episode, since you both listen, she says, and April and I both had the copper IUD, which I got pregnant on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying the statistics of that are like way lower or, or higher, actually, in terms of getting pregnant. Got right. from that thing. I got yes. poisoned from my second yeah. one, got pregnant from the first one. And she says some people, their experience with IUD, they do not because you don't get any sort of um, no, you're, not, you you're not like under anesthetic or, or not anesthetic, but um, you know what I mean? You're you're like fully present for and they're shoving There's something no through anesthesia. your cervix. Yeah, anesthesia. Yeah, or like not even numbing the cervix. No. And so she's talking about this, like, you know, penis owners get this for vasectomies they numb this out or they take you out but they don't if if they had to actually experience this with the cervix it would be a whole different story but this is a normal procedure on our end so long-winded version of saying what do you think about that about penis owners um vasectomies being an option if it fits in their lives uh, to contribute to this this i don't know this mission that we're or this time or era that we're in no, I I think first off, I thank you for sending me. I listened to it, to it because you recommended it and it was a really great interview and I learned a lot and it was a really important perspective to hear. Um and first off, I'm going to start this off by as a physician, I have no issue saying that I am pro choice. You know, women should have the autonomy over their bodies and that means abortion rights, access to abortion, right? Abortion is medical care. It's essential to vulva owners' health and their wellness. So that's right there, no problem. We need to make sure that the access is there and this is something that you know, women have access to. And, you know, in the times that we're living in right now in this post Roe v. Wade world, you know, women are may not have the autonomy over their own bodies, depending on what state you live in. And, you know, vasectomy in this case is a really excellent option for contraception and a really great way for guys to really do their part and ensure that, you know, their partner 
doesn't have to deal with potential health implications because of where they live for and dealing with an unwanted pregnancy, right? And, you know, I think when I came on last week and she brought this up, it was a really great point. Um, when I came on last time, um, I think we talked a little bit about fertility. And one of the things for male fertility that I think is very important is that right now there's this huge stigma that puts a lot of pressure on women for, fa for family planning. They have to go to the reproductive endocrinologist. They need to do all these things. And, and, you know, we don't talk about the men. We need to bring that focus away from the women back to the couple as a whole. And that includes incorporating the men and the men health, the, the male health and how we can also evaluate these people. And I think the same thing goes for contraception as well, right? And and she talks about this and, and it was really really insightful where we do have this burden of women having to take birth control, oral birth control, IUDs, you know, guys have to wear condoms. That's about it. And half of us really hate wearing condoms. And I, I understand that, but it's, it's a very little thing to do for the amount of things that women do. Um, and so I think we have to just same way that we're, I'm trying to change the concept concept of fertility care. We have to change this concept of contraceptive care, where it shouldn't really be just a focus on the female partner or the vulva owner, but it really needs to be the couple as a whole. And if the penis owner uh, is able to contribute and through a vasectomy, then, you know, and they know that they don't want to have any more kids, I think it is a really, really great option. Um, and I think that what's really interesting to me is some penis owners are getting it. They actually understand this. There was a really great study that came out last month by some people that I know that they looked at Google searches pretty much for vasectomy um, across the country in post Roe v. Wade. And um, actually, uh, Google searches have increased since, you know, since this happened. But it's especially more popular vasectomy searches in states that were either abortion was either prohibited or they expected to be prohibited. So I think some some guys are getting the picture here that this is something that we really need to consider. But it may be, you know, their partners also doing that Google search. But either way, I think the point is, you know, we can't you know, we can't put this burden on just your partner. It, yeah, it's a two-way street. It takes two to make a baby, whether you want it or you don't want the baby. And it, both sides have to be involved for the conversation and for the care. Or a whole team if you're going to do IVF or all Correct. those other things, right? So it's, yeah. yeah. Correct. I, I think I've said so many times uh, when I've had my single moments, I'm like, if I, if I had a, a profile on a dating app, one of the things I'd be looking for from a penis owner was a vasectomy <laughs> because I'm like, wow, he's responsible and he cares. And, uh, and I'm not promoting that for on any, on any level. And I don't want to offend someone out there. That's like, I don't know what I want. I haven't met the right person. And so I'm not going down that rabbit hole, but for, for some, I think that putting the burden, if you're a cissexual human and putting the burden on the other person, that is a, has the burden of having a fucking baby. Like, think about it. Like what, what are you doing? What are you doing besides, I mean, are you protecting yourself in a way with using condoms? Are you, what are you doing? Like ask yourself those questions and stop moving the burden of childbirth. If you don't want a child, if you want a child, awesome. Then don't have a vasectomy. Awesome. But if you're, you know, dipping your pen in the company ink of the world <laughs> and you want to like, you're not sure what you want and you don't want to support a, a mother and a child, then fucking lock it up, man. Well, I, yeah, I, I had a deadbeat dad. Sorry, dad, you were deadbeat. I, he doesn't listen. And I agree with what you're saying. Cause the other thing that she says in that podcast too, is, you know, if it's not a vasectomy or, or whatever, it's, it's how can you support your partner's fertility? Right. You know, like their cramps, their menstrual cycles, their birth exactly. control that they're on, how it's affecting their bodies. How you doing today? Do you want some chocolate? You know, all these things as, as opposed to like you deal with it, you know? So yeah. and not that's, my problem. Yeah. And, and that's what another reason why we wanted to talk about vasectomies here as something as kind of like normalizing something that, you know, if it feels right for you in your life, it's actually not that wild. Uh, and you said in, most insurance Correct. covers it. So I'm sure it's not as wild as having to go on birth control that can fuck up your hormones every day. Or the IUD that shut up. I did for 15 years. Yeah. So Dr. Dubin, yeah. Uh, sorry. No, I, I agree. And, and I just to bring up the point, <laughs> you guys both made some good points. And I've seen guys, you know, who were like, you know, younger guys, once again, who knew they never wanted to have kids and they were like 30 and they were like, 
you know, I've wanted to have a vasectomy for six years already, but I was scared that, you know, my urologist, my doctor was going to judge me going back to the other point. I was like, dude, if you came in here whenever, like, as long as you were eight, I was going to do it. You know, don't ever feel hesitant. If you're thinking about these things, go talk with your doctor. Okay. And if, even if you don't want a vasectomy, we're not saying like, just, it is a permanent procedure. So if you do yeah. want to have kids, you, there are other ways to support. Make sure you're wearing condoms if, if that's what you really want to do. And that's okay. It's an effective treatment. You know, the thing about pull-out method and stuff like that, I always say the pull-out method works 100% of the time until it doesn't. So, you know, I, you know, it's one of those things that I don't really think is a great option. But there are um, a lot of ways that you and your partner can have a conversation that, you know, it's not just putting pressure on one person to do the whole, to bear that whole responsibility. Absolutely. And before we, I have one last piece, yeah. uh, but before we close, I want to be certain that everyone understands that getting a vasectomy doesn't mean that you uh, can't give other people STDs or STIs. Uh, it, it, so it's, it's something that, um, it just like condoms, condoms are about 88%, 89% effective. And, uh, uh, vasectomies do not mean that you're not going to be able to provide others with that'd the be pretty cool if they did though uh, <laughs> it would be, I would be like, <laughs> everyone be lining it up once again cool. tightens up your no, balls makes your balls bigger and no stis <laughs> that's such a good point so just because you have a vasectomy and you're say you're a single person out there you're a single penis owner or you're a single vulva owner or you're having sex with someone who you know maybe you're not in a long-term relationship who has a vasectomy um that doesn't mean you can't get those things. So condoms do things other than just prevent babies. Obviously, I think that's the one thing that people really think about. But yeah, you know, you can still get other things. So it's a really excellent point. This is not preventing you from getting any other STDs or anything like that. So if you are out there and, you know, if you think that the vasectomy is the key to you just you know, raw dog in your way through town <laughs> and not having any repercussions, you're probably sorely missing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? What? Damn it. Um, <laughs> Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I wanted you know? to raw dog my way through life. I know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you have a podcast. It's called Man Up. You co-host a podcast. It's called Man Up. And it's with, I, I believe, another doctor. And yes. it's called a man up a doctor's guide to men's health. What kinds of topics do y'all cover uh during this uh show? And how can we be on your show? Amy and I want to. Oh, because man, we're we not definitely men, have you but on yeah, the show. we're gonna be on we there. On and the how show. can people we'll find you your podcast and work with you? Because you are you are, and I don't say this lightly, you are an amazing human and doctor, especially <sighs> when it comes to men's health. So I appreciate listening to you. So thank you. Don't get uh, distracted by the other five questions I, I just asked it. you. Though. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> no, that that actually thank you so much much. Uh, and we definitely need to have you both on. So we're, we're going to talk about a topic and we'll get you on. But basically, you know, I do it with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Chu. He did his residency with me. He also did his fellowship in men's health, male infertility, does the same topics that talks about the same topics as I do. He also, you know, does the same procedures I do. Um, and usually our episodes focus on health topics that we feel, you know, penis owners either don't know about, enough about or don't want to talk about. Um, we actually also interview people who went through things, you know, who had problems prostate cancer, who had a surgery. We actually have a great episode on this topic, two episodes. We talk about vasectomies and we also have a guy who's a good friend of mine come on who had a vasectomy. We have him on like two weeks after he has a vasectomy. So if anyone who's listening to this is thinking about it and really wants to get, get it from a horse's mouth, go listen to that episode. It's a really good episode. Basically, our goal is threefold. Really, we want to destigmatize de men's health and wellness. We want to provide accurate medical information in this era of misinformation. And then we want to advocate for really penis owners to take a more active role in their health and seek appropriate care. Um, you can find us on any podcasting platform. You can find us on TikTok, uh, YouTube, Instagram at The Man Up Pod. Um, uh, our website is themanuppod.com. You can also connect with me if you want on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter um, is Justin Dubin MD. Um, also, my email is on my Instagram, but it's Justin Dubin MD. I 
at Gmail. Can't get easier than that. But um, yeah, that's how how we do it. And uh, it's really fun. Episodes come out every two weeks. So, um, And we're going to record some stuff at the Sexual Medicine Conference that is coming uh-huh. up next week. I wish you guys were there. But I bet that gets wild. Oh, yeah. Dr. Juby. It's in Sexual Miami. It's going to be fun. Listen, yeah. it's going to be really wild. fun. Yeah. I guess it's gonna be, like, I'll be going? there when it comes out. Yeah. Oh, I nice. want you guys to come. You, you guys know, should come next would, year. We would have loved. Yes, maybe next year. Yeah, I think it's in San Diego next year. Oh, so that's easier for us. Uh, yeah. All right, come, come over we'll to our coast over here. Hello. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Dr. Justin Dubin, also everyone, so you know, um, all of these links will be in the show notes. So you don't have to remember all of these pieces. Just go and look in the show notes wherever you're listening and we'll have all the links there for you. Um, I want to give a reminder to our word listeners. So you love Dr. Justin Dubin or you love any Dr. Doobie, any uh, any episode that we have. Uh, you love listening to us. You know, this is free for you to listen to if you're paying for it somewhere. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, it's generally free what content. paying for it? I don't know. <laughs> All right. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. So not. just a reminder for our podcast. So we carefully choose our advertisers that help to support this to make this content free for you. We carefully choose our guests and the best way to support our podcast. Buy their and, shit. Buy, yes. But so our carefully chosen advertisers, you heard some ads throughout this episode. Please, please support them. And it helps support us so that we can help to bring the message of people like Dr. Justin Dubin to you on our show from anywhere in the world, wherever you're listening. I don't know where you are. You might be walking down the street in um, uh, Oklahoma. Iceland, uh, Iceland, uh, Ooh, yes, all, cool. all of the above. I don't know, Aww, South America, Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Aww, <laughs> yeah. um, so okay, Amy, that was good, and that that she's legit in saying that we do choose our sponsors carefully. We say no to a lot, so please, y'all, I buy this stuff after we run out of sponsorship materials. I buy the stuff from our sponsors using the code Shameless usually. So or shameless uh, sex. yes, or Shameless <laughs> Sex. So check that out. And the last inv- invitation is thank you to Dr. Justin Dubin for always uh, bringing such knowledge to us. Uh, Go check out his stuff, his podcast, and also go rate us. Go rate his podcast if you listen to an episode and love it on iTunes, Spotify as well. We read every single review. Amy obviously monitors the bad ones because I have... (laughs) They're very, very rare. Very rare. Yeah. And I, um, yes, uh, but I can take some feedback if it's, um, you know, done in a, in a really nice way. Listen to our episodes on how to speak with a shit sandwich. Uh, and then I can handle it. Uh, so actually, as you're saying that, I just want to say one thing. It's, if, oh. we, if we, you feel like we're getting too political because there were some things here that might be controversial for some folks, depending on your beliefs, please mm-hmm. email us that, that your opinions, because we read all the emails too. We're happy to engage with you in that way. But if you just disagree with us and you go online and you're going to say, I disagree with you, you guys or don't know your shit and you should stick to what you know, which has happened before. Like just, you know, there's a, there's an outlet for us to engage with you instead of going online and, you know, like hating on us and trolling on our uh, reviews. Well, I, know I, I want to piggyback off that because I think that this is, it's an important question. It's not really even political. We're talking about health and you're bringing a doctor on who's talking about literal medicine and health implications of these things. So I don't, in my opinion, this is, we're talking about medicine and, you know, people have the right to disagree, but you know, that's that's their right and yeah. but but at the end of the day i'm talking medicine i'm talking from a medical perspective and um you know you ask the medical professional and that's my opinion or my medical profession my medical yeah. opinion at least so yeah i didn't think it was a problem at all but maybe no no, no problem just mic drop <laughs> no it's my it's mic drop uh but yeah uh but we are two women talking about vasectomies so you know that kid but we have the dr dubin to back us up on the vasectomy episode and to all of you out there we do love you. Every single one of you. I give you I give you an air hug now when I give Amy a hug. Also check out our Shameless Sex YouTube channel because most of our episodes are live. You can see how sexy Dr. Justin Dubin is. I mean, is. we're all sexy. We're all very oh, yeah. sexy, good-looking Three people. So you people. should watch us. He's, he's right as his doctor. Actually, he it says his name on there. All the oh, way, oh, 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 he's, he's right as actually, He's actually about to go to work right now. He is, or he just came back. <laughs> I would um, say, hey, listen, if you want a preview, this is what I wear at work. So, you know, this is just <laughs> me, nice casual. Have to think about your outfit. Yeah. God. Uh, it's, it so, it saves me so much time. It really I can does. Only... It's great. <laughs> just like a vasectomy. We're drawing this episode out. It is late. We're, it's almost 6.30 when we're recording this, and that means it's 9.30 and Dr. Justin Dubin's time. So we're going to have to bid you all farewell. But remember, we drop a new episode of Shameless every Tuesday. Go subscribe, follow us everywhere. We love you right back, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, 
Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com.